Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. God made me punch in accurate numbers. My castle won't crumble. What I tackle will fumble. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening the cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked I make all my moves on the board, I invented my steps uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler, I feel like Mansa Musa Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda Triangle, look at it from my angle I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels yeah. I'm a king Heavy is the head that wears the crown I put in extra work that just can't be found I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing Look me in my eyes cuz I'm a king king Look me in my eyes cuz I'm a king king Good morning good afternoon good evening and good night This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast I am your host Jay Spence the King and I am back for the last time this season Holy smokes I didn't think I would ever get to say that but I am back for the last time this season and uh I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel. I appreciate everybody for kicking it with me uh, Sunday night after the game when I went live for like the post game reaction and all that stuff. Uh, I want to shout out everybody that's in the room. What up to my man, Richard Rush. Uh, Brooks says at this point, I'm convinced Buffalo did something to upset the sports gods. I'm with you. I'm with you. No goal from way back from no goal to the four Super Bowls to just to everything. Shout out to Georgina. She said, let's go, lads. Taylor's in the building very slowly, very slowly. Rich, that's, that's in response to Rich saying it's slowly getting better. So very, very slowly. My man, Buddy B is in the building. What up, everyone? Jay Spence, what did I repeatedly tell you about our boy Gabriel Davis? Damn, we should have won. Yeah, Gabriel Davis is big time. He's big time. He showed up and I think I think he um, he made a very, very strong case to be the second wide receiver, second wide receiver on this roster going forward. Um, and we'll get into that. We'll talk about all of that. We'll talk about all of it. I just wanted to take a moment before I bring my guests in. I have two guests, two special guests with me. Uh, we're going to go through a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about the five stages of grief as a football fan. And um, I think they, they're they not in the same boat as us, but they're in, you know, one is a Packers fan, one is a, is a Cowboys fan. So I think we, we all have, we all have some, a part in this, in this grief. So, uh, but before I do, I just want to first, you know, I want to shout out everybody with Buffalo rumblings, uh, the whole podcast network. I want to shout out Bruce. I want to shout out, um, Anthony and, and Matt and Joe and, and just everybody that, um, you know, that, that was a guest on my show this year, everybody from Mike Robb to Josina Anderson to, 
Um, just everybody. It, it's been a very, very good year for me. It's been a, a great year for the team. I know we didn't end it the way we wanted to end it. And I know, um, you know, we all felt like this was the year. Because I'm going to tell you what, and, and again, we're going to talk about this when I bring Bryce and Rick in. Um, it, it very, it, every, everything was pointing to this being the year. Um, and I, I strongly believe that if, if the Buffalo Bills would have gotten the ball first in overtime, or if we would have figured out the defensive, sorry, if we would have figured out how to defend a team for 13 seconds, I truly believe that the Buffalo Bills led by Josh Allen would have won the Super Bowl this year because I just don't see another team um, that's left in the playoffs other than the Chiefs, obviously, with the type of firepower that the Buffalo Bills had. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Like I said, I'm still having my moments of grief. You see, I like I'm going in and out here, so I'm not going to I'm not going to go on too much longer. I'm going to bring my boys in. But um, like I said, I did. I did just want to shout out everybody. I want to shout out. Yeah. Amanda. Shout out Amanda for being here. She's been such a big part of the show this year. And then everybody, um, everybody who who, you know, with the chop up crew, uh, Kristen, a dubs and my man uh, Steros. I want to shout them out. Chris, I just want to shout out Kristen on on just aside from the podcast stuff too. She did a lot of great things this year with the Bills Mafia Babes, and um, the two of I, the two of us did a lot together as far as um, you know charity work and and then outside of it, she's become somebody who's very important to me. So I want to shout her out. I want to shout out. Um, man, I'm gonna forget somebody, so I'm not gonna go down a shout out list. But I did want to take the the very beginning of the show to be able to do this because I know I'll forget at the end because that's just the type of mind that I have. Uh, shout out to Brooke with the first super chat of the night. She said both D's couldn't stop a nosebleed in the fourth quarter, and I'm feel you. I feel you. Both defenses, and I, I a similar type of comment that that you had. I feel like both defenses couldn't hold water with a cup. They couldn't do it. And and what we saw from Josh Allen. It doesn't make things better. It doesn't make us feel better that we didn't win. But but we have our guy. And in a couple of weeks ago, prior to the, the Patriots game, I had this this like little monologue that I gave right before or at the end of um the Hump Day hotline where I was talking about how Josh, you know, he's gonna do it. He's gonna bring us a Lombardi trophy. And I still have that belief. I have that belief. it's not anything that changed. I didn't know if it would be I hope that it would be this year, but I know for a fact we got our guy. And on top of that, no, we didn't win. But one of the things that that I feel better about coming out of this game is that now when you when when all eyes are on the Buffalo Bills Sunday night playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, you have every single free agent wide receiver, every disgruntled wide receiver, every wide receiver that's in college that I know you can't pick where you go because you get drafted, but you're, you got guys that's hoping now to get drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Why? Because of something that we've already known in Buffalo. In Buffalo, fans of Buffalo have already known that Josh Allen is this guy. But now he did it consistently two weeks in a row on the biggest stage of his career. He's done it twice in the playoffs, once against a Bill Belichick-led team where we didn't have to punt. No turnovers. No fourth downs. That was Josh Allen. And then you follow it up eight days later, and then he comes out and he goes toe to toe with seemingly right now, the way everybody talks, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. And I'll tell you what, there were two throws there, two touchdown throws there that made Bills fans feel like we won the game. And I'm going to tell you, if it comes down to it, (laughs) you know what? 
I'm going to bring my boys in. It'll be a little bit easier to talk. It'll be a little bit easier to talk. So first, I'm going to bring my my man uh, Rick in. My man, shout out to my man Rick. Rick is uh, a good friend of mine out here in Phoenix, but he also has kind of jumped on, I don't want to say the bandwagon because he's not a Bills fan, but he's jumped on to the J. Spence, the King Code of Conduct team, and he's going to help me uh, improve the product of Code of Conduct and J. Spence, the King as a podcaster going forward. What up, my man Rick? How's it going, bro? What up, Spence? It's going good. It's going good. I mean, obviously we want better results for both teams, but we're dealing with what we got now. So, Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm laughing because everybody's calling you Richard, and you absolutely hate that. I, I just, <laughs> I'm just laughing about it. But, oh, and yeah, then I want to bring in... I want to bring in my other brother from another mother, my man Bryce. He's representing them Green Bay Packers, but uh, Bryce is actually a contributor. Uh, well, you know, I'll let you introduce yourself. What's up, Bryce? All right. Um, a quick couple quick things then. Uh, not much. Um, I've been doing a lot of work with uh, FF Faceoff. I'm working on some new articles going on that should be coming up a little bit later on in the week. Um, and, um, well, it's considering how I lost to Rick a, a couple of weeks ago with uh, the Fantasy Football Championship, um, I, let me put it this way. With the name Rick, there's been something worse I called him besides Richard, because that's how he acted after he got the W. <laughs> right? I ain't going to deny that. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> he deserves it. I would just tell it for everybody who don't know Rick, he deserves it. When he, he, he had his little moment of victory, I woke up to like probably 47 text messages in this group chat because he won the fantasy league that he's in with Bryce. And I, so I just know from Bryce's standpoint, that had to be the worst. <laughs> well, I, I had Justin Herbert and he had the, the Raiders kicker. So it was, uh, it was one of those ones. It, it was that game. So there was a lot of score changes for, through all of that. Like everything everyone else felt, me and Rick also felt that directly in the fantasy football thing where it's like, okay, if if I get 20 yards, I'm going to get the win. But if he gets the field goal, I'm screwed. All right, cool. So it was a that type of intensity for times There 10. was a lot, of, a lot of heavy breathing that day and a lot of anxiety. It, it much was a uh, preview of Sunday's Bills-Chiefs game. because That whole weekend. The adrenaline weekend was just insane yeah there, well, wasn't I made a, sure I that, there wasn't a bad game this weekend probably the best no, there wasn't a, there wasn't a bad game I, well you know what i feel like it was the best weekend of football um it's close to the best weekend of football in history you know oh, as yeah. i'm saying as a collective weekend for for wild not wildcard but divisional round football can you can you think of a game or a weekend where you had four games either end in a field goal or an overtime score I, I just don't think it's ever happened. And I know that's that's like a ton of stats to go through. So it's tough to just know. But I feel like it's very rare. Very, very rare. It has to be. I mean, I, I can't imagine something being that as comparable as this weekend. It was just nuts to watch all four games. And, you know, as a Cowboys fan, it pained me to not be there. But, uh, yeah. you know, it was fun to – I was really pulling for Green Bay because I just – I couldn't – watch jimmy g do it again and then he did it and it just hurts yeah i mean well, honestly the, the, I, I was just saying my thing was just that every single game came down to the last play like yeah. all of them there wasn't a there was every single one of them like I, I just i couldn't like every single one of them including like the like what happened with the rams right there with that long bomb from stafford to cup to all of a sudden like 14 seconds left, or, and they got, you know, they got the length of the field too, damn near. Like, that seems to be a common theme. I mean, how many Falcons fans had to be sitting there watching the Rams collapse and just looking at them going, This is your 28 to 3. Welcome to our hell. And then it wasn't. 
And then it wasn't. Yeah, and then they lost. Sean, and then the Saints lost. Sean, or then one of the seed. Now the Falcons got the relief with Sean Payton leaving. So yeah. But. Which is weird to me, by the way. And we can get into, you know, we can talk about that real quick before we get into the losses of the weekend. Because, you know, um, as, as you know, I don't want to call it, I don't want to say that we each represent the fan bases that we are part of. But for the sake of this show, three different represented fan bases here. We're all, you know, going through our stages of grief. And uh, so while, while we discuss this, I'll pull up the five stages of grief as a graphic so we can put it up when it's time for that conversation. But Sean Payton. Holy smokes. Like today it, it was, it was probably, um, I know internally in the building there, you know, they said that they were preparing for this, but outside, I feel like nobody was prepared. Like nobody was thinking that, okay, Sean Payton is probably coach's last game as the coaches, you know, for, for, it, it was just wild to me. Uh, Bryce, let's get your thoughts on just how this whole thing is kind of played out and, and what you expect going forward from the organization. Well, I got to say, this is what happens when Netflix gets Kevin James to end up casting you as a character on that. I guess you have to go take a break afterwards. Am I a joke? I don't know. No, in all seriousness, though, it, it is an interesting thing because of a lot of factors, because I feel like it does have a slight tie in with how with between my team and Rick's teams in two different ways, because the Saints right now are 70 million over on the cap. And unfortunately, if you look at their guys, they're going to have to do some magic maneuvers. So it's almost like Peyton ran up the tab, realized he's looking at Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, and Jameis. And that might be, he might be able to keep one of them. And it's, it's kind of hard at that point coaching that long and looking at that for being what you're looking into for the next year and necessarily doing it. At the same time, there might be a little bit of a pressure cooker going on for Mike McCarthy not delivering. And we all know Jerry's always had eyes for Sean. He's never left the Dallas area. So there's a good chance that also might end up turning up into another new story next year or at least a very heavy-handed rumor if there's another playoff exit like what happened this year. Well, they're going to have to pay if if any team – because he's still under contract. So, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to have to pay if they want Sean Payton to come over and, and do anything for him. But um, mm-hmm. to your point earlier about the quarterback situation, now, see, I'm a Jameis fan. I, I, don't, I know he's not the best quarterback in the mm-hmm. league, but I think what we saw before he tore his ACL this year is that he can not turn the ball over. He still can – he can put the ball in the place that it's supposed to be. He has a very strong arm and, and the guy that threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, he can still throw 30 touchdowns. Like he's that guy. And when you, when you have somebody, you know, you have a dangerous weapon down there with them, you know, I think Jameis can still be a good quarterback in this league. Uh, what were your first reactions on it, Rick? Uh, my first reaction was a little bit of a shock and just kind of a disbelief. I mean, like you said, nobody outside of the organization really expected him to, just announce his retirement, especially this late in, well, we'll call it late into the kind of coach hiring process. Most of the teams that we expected to be without coaches at this point in the season have already gone through at least first rounds of interviews. Most of them are going into second and third. And so to have the Saints now kind of behind the eight ball in terms of getting their candidates interviewed and and through the process, they're going to be really hard pressed. I mean, people like Dayball and the enemy are going into second interviews with most of these teams. And so you'll have to really approach them with the the mindset that they may already be kind of destined for a specific team. Uh, and you're, you're fighting to try and pull them away from there. And that's going to create an interesting challenge for the saints themselves to really get a top quality candidate. And then to Bryce's point, they don't have the cap space to really do much next year. They're going to be struggling to, to get playmakers and to do anything with the, the roster that they have. 
And so are you looking at a team that's going to be fighting for that seventh spot again in the wild card? Or are you looking for somebody that's going to be rebuilding and probably a top 10 pick next year? Man, you're talking about the cap space. And before before we went live, I was joking with you. You, you mentioned you saw this on Twitter, but I was saying like, man, it, it, it just sounds like, you know, Sean Payton is like he's the Madden player. He's me. Like he's me. I'm the guy that that plays franchise mode and makes all the crazy trades to get the guys that I want. I've signed all the, the top free agents. Like anybody that's rated over like an 87, I pick them up. I, you know, like I do that and I, I develop my guys so they want big contracts. I sign them as long as I can. And then when the, the cap is completely hey, what like when it's just done, it's like, all right, screw this. I'm gonna go play uh 2k or something like that and then just completely yeah. move on that's what sean payton is doing with his life so but you know what congratulations to sean payton on a, on a um on a wonderful career if if this is truly the final uh if this is the last that we're going to see from him congratulations on a great career and uh but let's get to let's get to why you know i got you guys on the show so let's start off here because i see a couple comments see a couple comments like for instance i see trey ellis talking about why he understands now why andy reed fired sean mcdermott previously i don't I, I i just want you to understand you're in the second stage of grief right now that's where you are so the five stages of grief are denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance i think i think for the most part, from what I've seen today and yesterday on Twitter, most people are still in stage number two when it comes to Bill's Mafia. Let's talk about it for a little bit. Where are you at right now, Bryce, that's your team? Because your team was out this weekend as well. You were out Saturday. So so where mm -hmm. where is it for you? Uh, to be honest, because of the, the length that Green Bay's had their window open, I'm a lot closer more to depression and acceptance than I am anger. Um, the truth is, is that between we can point to uh, what Brandon Bostick when he had the uh, the uh, muffed onside kick return, we have very much had the random losses along the way. Remember, the cruelest trick that we all forget about the playoffs is that in this case we get the 14 best teams in the league, and only one of them gets a W to end the year. 13 other teams are walking away being upset, and only so yeah. every year it's one of those like and yes. Has there been any doubt Aaron Rodgers has been one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best, the past 10 years? There's not really a doubt or question on it. But every year we're still going to end up getting those L's because it's very hard to end up getting that, that, you know, that, that win. So I'm very much more in acceptance in this because it's been how many years that we've constantly made the playoffs and constantly one way or another have gotten knocked out, sometimes by something by our coach going for it or kicking a field goal when – we're eight yards away from the from the goal line, and it's still a one possession game. If we make a field goal, so why not just go for it? Or it's enter any other series of fiascos, like what we insert almost any play from Sunday minus like three. So I'm a lot more along the lines of acceptance. It's it's going to be yeah. the nature of the beast of it. It's wild for me when when it comes to like just thinking of Green Bay, because I have a few friends and family members who are Green Bay Packers fans and mm -hmm. every single one of you have a different outlook on what's going on. So like when I talk to you, like, you know, because we, you know, we got our our text group that we have. And, you know, so I specifically asked you, like, well, how do you feel about what's happening with Rodgers? And you're like, look. At this point, it is what it is. He's gone. If he's gone, he's gone. If he's not, if he's if he's staying good. And then so then I got my guy, Jesse, from Indianapolis, who um, he's from Gary, Indiana, but he grew up as a Packers fan. And, mm -hmm. and every time I talk to him, he's like, man, 12 ain't going no place, man. That dude is he just mad. He hurt right now. He did. And then like then I got other people who are just like, no, nah, man, get him the F out of here. 
<laughs> it's so it's so different talking to different Packers fans. So um can you clarify real quick before we we switch over to Dallas, um, Buffalo's second most hated team? Before we switch over to that, let's talk a little bit about like how you see this playing out for twelve. Because I I think I think going forward, like I said to you earlier, me and you personally, I don't know if you guys really understand like what it's like to look for a quarterback. Like I feel like your entire life you've been spoiled to have a quarterback. So now you're about to enter this phase where it's like, is Jordan Love the guy? Is he not? But here's what I'll say. One, we've gotten beaten by Jimmy Garoppolo twice in the playoffs. And Jimmy Garoppolo has been to as many Super Bowls the past 10 years as Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So the team still matters. A quarterback really is a huge factor, but the team is still not without. Let me forget, as much credit as Josh Allen gets for the work against Kansas City, you saw how much drained those players were at the end of it. Every single one of those people, it wasn't just, Oh yeah, Josh has got this. No, every single one of those guys was spent. So that's at least part of it. The other thing for me is that while Aaron has done what he has on it at the same time, he's already made it sound like this is basically going to be a rebuild. If a couple people have to leave, which unfortunately with his cap numbers and stuff, you're kind of having to force to cut some people. And unfortunately, the amount of space we ended up having to clear, if that's already seems like a rebuild, that's kind of an insult to the entire locker room of, hey, listen, if like three people leave, this place is trash. All right. You still got 50 other people out there. All right. Who are who also work their ass off for that team. So for me, when it comes to Rogers and this whole scenario, um, he's going to end up taking his time on it. Uh, big key is going to be finding out whether or not if uh, the offensive coordinator, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, gets the, the Denver job. He's currently a finalist along with Dan Quinn and Kevin O'Connell of, of the Rams. If you're going to promote, in this case, Nathaniel Hackett to head coach, even though he has like not even like play calling experience, and his, his work includes Aaron Rodgers these past couple years and Blake Bortles during his good ones, I don't necessarily know if you you're for sure have a coach, especially when you see this more qualified candidates out there like Eric Bieniemy. someone hire him, please that could have been better suited in that role. Now, there's a lot. So I think it's very much a Denver or maybe a dark horse Indianapolis possibly for him. But I think there's a, a heavy onus that he's going to consider staying. But honestly, I'm okay if he goes. You think he stays? Uh, real quick, shout out to Brooke. You, I know you, you didn't say you think he stays. You think there's a chance. Uh, Brooke says it makes it better to her that Brady and Rodgers are out. She can't stand Brady. And Rogers thinks he's so smart. He took a horse dewormer to treat COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Now, so me personally, shout out to Brooke. Thank you, Brooke, for the super chat. And, and um, and I, I got what you meant. She she corrected herself with the spelling there. I read it right for you. But so for me, I've always before before the Buffalo Bills got Josh Allen, I've always said to me, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever seen play the position of like quarterback period he's the best guy i've ever seen play football mm-hmm. i know he doesn't have the super bowl wins like tom brady he doesn't have you know but when i add context to those things in conversations it makes sense he never had the same type of defenses that went along with what tom brady had going into those playoffs he never had um like this year now okay i, I can't i can't we can't give him an excuse this year, he had the number one wide receiver in the league. He had a very good – I don't know how you look at it being a fan of the team, but to me, he had a really good defense. It wasn't like, you know, top two, top three of the league, but they they did the job, you know, and then he had a running game. 
He had, you know, it's like he had weapons. He had everything that he needed this year. And for some reason, the 49ers just, they just stay on your ass, man. And I don't understand it. Um, teams, special teams, you know. Yeah, special teams matters. And you know, I, you know, I yell about that week after week after week. But let's well, get to you, Rick. Let's let's talk about your team. If we're if we're talking about the stages of you know grief and everything, I'm obviously in the acceptance phase. I I've got to already accept it as a cow as a fan of you know the Cowboys and all the the grief we get from trying to live in our past and reminisce about our our Super Bowls in the '90s. Um, you know, Spence and and Bryce knows as well. I have not been a fan of Mike McCarthy. I think. He's not the right coach for the job. There's a, a lack of accountability on the team as a whole. No more evident than the fact that we had 14 penalties in a playoff game. That's that's ridiculous. It's completely unacceptable. I think something like nine of them were pre-snap penalties to start. So, you know, it, it's it's a tough thing to deal with. But at this point, I'm just trying to figure out ways that we can make this work. We're kind of in the same situation that the Packers are in. We're over the cap for next year. We're like $25 million over the cap. There's people who, there's players who have contracts that have not necessarily performed up to them. And, you know, we had this conversation back in August with, with Zeke. He's obviously a, a candidate for, we've got to figure out something to do with him because his cap numbers don't necessarily equate to his production. And yes, I did win our little side bet of him hitting a thousand yards by two yards barely barely by the skin of my teeth i will take the win is a win um but you know when you look at his production and his snap count versus that of like tony pollard pollard is clearly the more efficient back and he's the more available when it comes to injuries and so you know we we've had multiple conversations on do you pay that running back the second con- the second contract or do you try and find somebody that's you know a, a younger guy that can still play without having to, to pay that price point zeke is looking at that that door and kind of trying to figure out what's going to happen because you know he's due i think something like 16 million this year 11 next year there is an out after 2023 in his contract where there's only a twelve million dead cap hit, but <laughs> only a twelve million. Only a 12. Can you, like just just listen to what you're saying though. Like we're talking about Ezekiel Elliott, who barely cracked a thousand yards this year, and that was a good year for him. You know what I mean? Like it, it, he barely cracked a thousand yards, which is still a good. It's a good year in the NFL by NFL standards. A thousand yards is a good year, but when you're Ezekiel Elliott and you're supposed to like, you know what I mean? Like the contract that he got, and this is this. I guess. This is the part of the the conversation when we talk about running backs that it hurts because, like you said, we've had multiple conversations about it at the dog park. We've had multiple conversations about it through text and through all these Twitter chats and everything that we're in and all these fantasy groups. The thing is, look, you look at guys like Derrick Henry and you look at guys like, um, you know, Alvin Kamara, and it's like, yo, you give these guys second contracts. But then you start to see it's the same thing. And as much as I've I've always been on the side of like, look, when, when you have a stud guy like that who's invincible, you pay him because he's going to be worth it. But then you see guys like Saquon Barkley go out with injuries. Now you're seeing Derrick Henry with a foot injury. Then you're seeing like so all of these guys who seemed invincible are not invincible. And yeah. it, and then you see every year coming out of the draft. Every year you're getting two or three guys that that come onto the scene and it's like, holy smokes. Now, I know Bryce has a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of 
data that lets us know that this year probably won't be the year that we're going to see those guys the way we're getting used to seeing them. But but still, man, it's just like you don't I'm getting to the point where where they're slowly converting me to the side where I'm saying, like, you don't give the running backs those second contracts. Guys like LaShawn McCoy are, are few and far between. Well, they are. And then the other thing you look at is you look at somebody like Kyle Shanahan, who schemes for not one running back, but multiple. Like, that's why Debo has been such a threat this year is because he is kind of an, an anomaly at the position. I mean, I think he mm-hmm. said I, he called himself, what, a wide back or something like that when they were talking to him about uh, his all t- his all pro uh, designation. And it's true. He he plays about an equal percentage at running back as he does at wide receiver. And he's just as productive at both. And so, yes, part of that is scheme. Thanks to the way Kyle Shanahan draws things up. But even then, Kyle Shanahan has also had years where he had, you know, three running backs that were all 800, 900 yard running backs that he just schemed appropriately for him. And so mm-hmm. it becomes more and more difficult to pay those big second contracts to guys like Zeke or guys like Derrick Henry, uh, Saquon, you know, who they are the big guy when they come out. And then, for lack of a better term, the wheels kind of just start falling off. Well, let me ask you both. Let me ask you both this. So like when we're talking about these running backs now, so towards the end of the season, I I just want to now kind of be selfish as far as the team that we're talking about for a moment. So like towards the end of the season, we saw Devin Singletary really pick it up and we saw him um, start to look like the running back that Bills fans thought he was going to be after his rookie year. The thing is, you know, he's still he's on his rookie contract, so we don't have to worry about paying him right now. We don't have to worry about any of that. But there's a portion of the Buffalo fan base that's like, all right, we're good to go going forward with him. Like, let's just ride it out with him. And then there's a portion of the fan base that's like, yeah, he did this. And then this championship game or th- this last playoff game, he went back to being the Devin that we saw earlier. In the- now he had a touchdown, but he just, his efficiency wasn't the same as it was throughout, you know, the last few weeks of the season there. What are your thoughts? Let's, let's start with Bryce on this one and then uh, swing it up to Rick. What are your thoughts about uh, Devin Singletary and the way he's kind of come on towards the end of the season there and then going forward. Well, let me put it this way. As I, you know, we've talked before, um, the mid season, how, how much was there a chance that uh, the bills needed to probably look at the running backs in the draft? All right. Like, like I, the number of times that like, you know, we, we saw people, be, you know, watching Saturdays to figure out who they wanted on Sundays and the uniform was a thing. But the fact is Singletary ended up developing more along in the way. Don't forget, Singletary in a way wasn't viewed that way when, don't forget, you guys drafted Zach Moss the next year to kind of possibly pick up where he wasn't necessarily going to be. Instead, he's surpassed Moss, where Moss spent a good chunk of the season as a healthy scratch towards the end. Like, personally, for me, with Motor, how he is, and considering the, the draft class coming out, if I were you guys, I wouldn't be touching a running back till at least the fourth, fifth round of, or later, and that would be more so for a depth piece or a possible change of pace guy. Like, honestly, the, the work that he ended up doing within the frame of the offense could easily end up passing, especially in, in such a almost pass-first offense that you have going on in Buffalo where you guys are three and four wide a lot. What do you think, Rick? I, I think Singletary has his benefit. I think he was running very hard. Um, some of his efficiency issues, I think, go to scheme and how design was drawn up for him. but. I I actually agree with Bryce. I think for the most part, a change of pace back wouldn't be a, a horrible option. But in in terms of actually needing to address a a glaring weakness, I wouldn't necessarily call the running back room the the glaring weakness right now. 
And actually, that does remind me as I'm seeing some of these uh, chats, so some of these uh, you know chats come in. I'm noticing though. Also, the other thing I thought was interesting is that the offensive line is a huge key when it came to that. If you looked at the efficiency rate of the yards over the run block grade of the unit on a per play basis, the efficiency Singletary had was about the same as the Chargers had for Austin Eckler. In other words, you would have gotten the same production as Austin Eckler with that line. That's how much better he was doing compared to what his blocking was giving him at the time. And that's why, like I said, I think offensive line as much as it's a you know a four letter word for you in this case. You know, we don't want to try and put that for a draft need and see how that turns out. It's at least shown that Singletary is playing even better than what he should in that, which means there's a potential for future talent. I hear you. I hear you. And I'm on the side of um, seeing what we can get out of him because I, I like Devin as a, as a guy and a player like Devin is, um, you know, I, 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 everybody knows I, when I, when there's something not working, I'm super critical. Like I'm the guy that's like, I don't like this for special teams. I don't like this. Stop running the ball with it. Like I'm, I'm straight up vocal about it. But the thing is um, throughout the season, he ended up proving me wrong. And that's what I like to see. So I'm, I, when I, as vocal as I am about what I don't like, I have to be just as vocal by saying, Hey, he turned it around and he proved me wrong. And Devin Singletary did what he did behind the line that, that a lot of us were complaining about. Because for me, outside of Deion Dawkins, outside of Mitch Morse, and then outside of um, moments from Spencer Brown, I felt like, you know, the line just wasn't giving me everything that I needed. And it still really is they, they improved when, you know, there were some injuries and then we had to shuffle guys in and we had to shuffle. Guys. So so Ryan Bates, was, I'm telling you right now, it, he I don't understand and I know this is a conversation I probably shouldn't necessarily have with you guys because you're not as into the team. Um, but earlier earlier in the year um when the 53 man roster was was basically you know when every team drops their rosters and it's like this is who made the team and they pin it up on the lockers for everybody you know like like you're in high school and they pin it up on the board and everybody's looking it amazed me that we still were starting Cody Ford and it amazed me that we brought back um Brian or whatever Hart it 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 amazed me that we had guys playing these positions who just weren't as good Spencer Brown didn't start. He didn't start. He ended up starting because Cody Ford just wasn't cutting it. Um, John Feliciano, I love him. I love the dude. But he is not, he was not playing as good as Bates. He just wasn't. So then it's like, okay, so this conversation, and this goes into the end of the, we're still talking about the five stages of grief. It might not sound like it, but we are. Because now it comes to the point where um, you start to accept, okay, this is where we are. This is where we are. But at the end of the day, I can still kind of question why, um, because there are games that we lost that I feel like we shouldn't have lost. Jacksonville, that first game against obviously Jacksonville. A lot of people think about Jacksonville, but then even the the Pittsburgh Steelers game. There's yeah. no way in the world that I feel like we should have lost to Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, now, granted, Melvin Ingram at the time he was out there and he was balling on that team. He was balling, but you mean to tell me if Spencer Brown was out there, it would have been the same? Maybe because he was he was a rookie. It would have been his very first week in the first year of the NFL. Okay, so maybe not. Feliciano's here to stay. He got money. We we yeah. gave that man some dough. It, it, it comes a point where where you have to say, okay, I know we drafted this guy, Cody Ford. I know we love this guy, John Feliciano. But hey, these guys aren't. They're not playing up to par. And it shouldn't take ten games, thirteen games in the year for you to be like, well. And really, it shouldn't take an injury 
for you to make a change. And I'm sure on your teams, there have to be some type of thing that you can kind of go to. I know Bryce is probably shaking his head about special teams. You know, I know Rick is probably shaking his head about, I know we just talked about Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. He had the thousand yards, but tell me, tell me, Tony, tell me that you really couldn't say maybe make Zeke a little bit more of the secondary, but, but the contract you can't. Yeah, you can't. And honestly, I mean, to your point, the offensive line is the other area that I find doubt. I want Dallas to draft heavy. Like we spent all of last year on our defense and I was super happy with it. Micah Parsons has become a beast. I think Kelvin Joseph's going to be great. Um, you know, we spent nine out of 11 draft picks on our defense in last year's draft. This year, I want us to go offensive line because our left guard play, if you go back and look at it, and I've sent you guys videos throughout the season um, of this clip where I'm sitting here going, who is this guy blocking? Because we have two or three <laughs> offensive linemen blocking the same guy while, you know, the defensive end just comes in untouched. And we can't have that. And it, it's stuff like that that kills me. Um, Biadish, our center, he's improving, but he's not great. He was a rookie, so we'll give him a little bit of a pass. But our, our left guard position needs a lot of work. And so, yeah, it's it's just frustrating at this point. And Zeke, you know, 1,000 yards by the skin of his teeth. And, yeah, we call that a great season, but you're also talking about 17 games versus 16 last year. So when you look at those comparisons, it's a little bit skewed because in a 16-game season, he doesn't hit 1,000 yards. I'm, I'm with you. You know, because I, I was talking that I was talking major shit all summer. I'm like, he ain't gonna hit a thousand yards. Cause but that's how I really see him. I just don't think that I don't I don't think that um he's the back that we thought he was. Now his rookie year, his second year, you know, it's like, oh, this guy's for real. I don't know if it's the injuries that slowed him down. I don't know if if teams are starting to scheme against him. I don't know if it's the fact that the offensive line changed. Cause when he came into the league, I felt like at the time Dallas had the best offensive line in football. Yeah, you know, now I would probably give that title to Indiana or to Indianapolis. I think, yeah. I, th- I think they have they have a scary offensive line, and then you add a talent like Jonathan Taylor behind it, and it's just like holy crap, dude. But, but I think when you're talking about Ezekiel Elliott, there's a lot of things when you add context that makes you say, okay, maybe not. But bro, you, you, I mean, come on, man. And now you got Bills fans wanting to take Tony off your hands. We want Tony in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I will say for for Zeke. Uh, that I do think he he still wins an edge over Tony Pollard for is pass blocking because that that play against San Francisco where he literally took out the defensive end and the line the blitzing linebacker by himself that mm-hmm. that's huge that gave Dak the time to make the pass and you know make make the first down but um, that's also something that I feel like can be taught the vision and the the ability to pass block can be taught and can be honed. Whereas the the top end speed and the ability to make those cuts that he was making his rookie and sophomore years, you know, he he doesn't necessarily have it anymore. And it kills me because watching the San Francisco game, it made it very clear. There were times where I'm watching it and just going, two years ago, he would have been gone for 10 yards. Now we're getting a yard or two. And you know, I I don't want to compare him on this level, but I I guess for the sake of Bills fans to kind of get my point, I'm going to. Um, It reminds me of like the ending of what we saw as Bills fans from LaShawn McCoy. Um, There were there were times when literally it didn't matter how you gave him the ball. He would shake five people in the backfield and pick up 15 yards. And then that last year that he was here, when we when we finally drafted Josh, 
it you could tell easily it became Josh's team. There were times that Shady was dancing behind the line of scrimmage and maybe he picked up a yard or maybe he lost three. That's what I'm seeing from Zeke more than yeah. I'm seeing old school Zeke. Uh, real quick, I just want to um, take a I don't want to take too much of a shot, but I, I got to take a I got to take a little jab here at my guy. Um, Bryce, what do you think about this, man? What do you think about this? Yeah, your guy, your guy, uh, Devontae Adams. First of all, I do want to make sure everybody understands this is a joke. Devontae Adams mm-hmm. is a beast. He's a monster and I love him. Uh, but unanimous first team all pro player, zero touchdowns in the playoffs. My man, Tommy Doyle signs his he signs his contract in full uniform one touchdown in the playoffs what you got to say for yourself brad what, or, or bryce what you got to say for your team what you got to say man i don't know all <laughs> i can say is i hope that uh, when adam signs his deal he's still wearing a packer uniform at this point that's all i got all right <laughs> trust me i'm more i'm really well aware trust me i am not i'm not going to deny the rights for a big man touchdown those are always like like honestly, I think if they were going to name anything after John Madden, they should give an award for the best big man touchdown every year because that's. I'm not. I'm not going to. All right, those guys don't get all the shine. All right, so by all means, you got to get it, man. Dude, I, first of all, the 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 state of your team, I feel for you. I really do. Not even because of the Aaron Rodgers thing, but now the cap space has gotten to the point where it's like you're going to have decisions to make. Mm-hmm. you're gonna like you you are going to have decisions to make and and at this at this point i don't want to have a decision on whether i can or can't franchise tag the best receiver in football well and for us it's so complicated because basically the way the contract is set up for rogers with his cap hit being 46 million and us being 40 million over and yeah we only save like tw- you know we save like 20 million if we end up getting rid of him but he has to either sign an extension or get traded away or retire. He can't stay on the team for another year at that price because or else it's going to be so hard to reduce the rest of it. We'd have to cut Randall Cobb, his buddy, who he insisted being on the team. We have to cut both of the Smith brothers. No, no, remember, remember, Rogers is the reason we had to bring Cobb in in the first place. I understand. You you make your guy happy. I get it. Yep. So it's one of those like, that's probably not an option. And then we still are only at zero. Now we still have to clear another 17 million. 18 million for Devontae because I got news for you. Devontae's not coming back. Aaron's not coming back. So, like, ultimately, he has. Well, wait, the if you franchise situation. tag him, no, no, if you franchise tag him, he's coming back. Like, you can't, you know, but you we can have to franchise have tag him. And, and, well, right. No, I get that. But I'm saying, that's, like, to me, that's not a guy you let walk on any level. Mm-hmm. No, I, I honestly think that even if we let go of Rodgers, we should still end up tagging or signing Adams because the truth is that if you're Jordan Love taking over, Last thing you want to find out is not only did you run the Hall of Fame quarterback out of town, but you took his goat receiver with him. And now they're like, cool, have fun with the expectations of Green Bay now that you don't have the weapon he had and you aren't him. So everyone's going to be very mad and you're shorthanded. And and, and we, we started at the top of this. Wait, say it again, Rick. My bad. The good news is he's still in a weak division. So, Yep. Well, And that's the struggle with Rodgers not leaving. Well, but that's, that's questionable going forward. Like going forward, how weak do you really feel like that division is going to be? Because so like every year the Vikings make it seem like um, they they can break through with some things. And mm-hmm. I feel like they got some great weapons on offense. They just the quarterback needs to figure it out. One year is going to happen. Like they've made the playoffs one year. He's going to do something right. So he doesn't have stuff bailing him out every time, though. He got Justin Jefferson out there. 
True. He got he got Thielen out there, and I'm gonna tell you what that receiving core. It, I get it. I feel like Bills fans won that trade, but at the same time, the Vikings fans didn't really lose either. I feel like it was a win-win for everybody. And so when you're looking at that offense and you're looking at the, the way the division can turn up, if if Aaron Rodgers leaves, now you're getting a new coach with a young quarterback out in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I tell mm-hmm. you what, Detroit didn't play great this year, but they they fought for that mm-hmm. coach. And I and, and you can't like I, I remember seeing teams like that in Buffalo. Those are the foundational type of teams. Like those are the teams like, yeah, that first year you didn't win, but then you get the core group of guys that you know is going to fight for your coach. You get those guys that's going to recruit the right type of guys with the right type of heart. And they're going to turn up for that city. And then all of a sudden Detroit is winning 10 games a year, 11 games a year in a 17 game season. And now you're like, wait a minute, we don't have Aaron Rodgers. And now the Packers look like they're, you know, they're at the whole time. They were the cream at the top all the time. Now it's very possible within the next – it don't even have to be next three years, next year, two years from now. Depending yeah. on what happens with, with Aaron Rodgers and, and these cap cuts that he's talking about that you have to make, you might you might have to get rid of so much talent that you're depending on a phenomenal draft and you're depending on guys to develop quicker than, than you really want them to yeah. to compete. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing I will say for Green Bay um, is that, you know, Chicago doesn't have a first – Chicago, yes, has a a young quarterback who I think is going to be very good. Um, I think he's got the talent. I think he's got the arm strength. Um, but in order to get him, they also gave up their first-round draft pick this year. They're also potentially losing Allen Robinson, who was their number one wide receiver, because he's been franchised twice. So they can't mm-hmm. do it again. And they are running into their own cap issues after the Khalil Mack trade and other big signings that they're going to have to address, too. So. You know, it, it's going to be a delicate balance within that division that's going to really, you know, make it debatable on who's the top seed in it. Uh, Minnesota, like you said, that quarterback's got to figure it out. They have the weapons on offense, and their defense has been not the best, but it definitely has been a serviceable defense at minimum. And so they can do something. It's just a matter of who's going to who's going to be there. Still have no head coach they're about to sign their gm i think today they announced that they're signing the gm so they can start um, in the the organization but the nfc north is actually becoming a very influx division quickly see and i disagree about the influx at the moment on that because all right we watched uh we watched jim caldwell all right take this take take the detroit lions to above 500 and get canned we watched matt stafford play how many years in detroit yes i'm sorry like, i just like, like to say yes to this this is a ridiculous oh, yes. question yes we would absolutely take alan Rodgers. wouldn't question go ahead bryce my bad no, go ahead but because the way that these teams have ran to where all of them have gotten in their own way the vikings their number one strength was their defense for a while and now their defense is a significant liability chicago I mean, look, look what they did to, 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 you know, the lovely Mitch Trubisky, the MVP himself. All right. Like, you know, like they did not take care of him. They have managed to find ways to mismanage that. And you saw with fields this year, there's plenty of things that was mismanaged. Yes. New regime. There's a new possibility, but as someone who's sat, I guess on his high throne of good quarterback play. All right. I watched the teams churn and there's no other team that's came really up. Mice, the Vikings will show up or a beer like bears will show up for a year. And then they're back to obscurity. All right, because they rode the coattails of Jay Cutler one year, and it worked. All right, no, they so that was defense. That was yeah, well, no, exactly. But my point though is that 
there's a big difference for breaking through. Like you remember how it was for Buffalo once you finally realized, guys, we're no longer the we might make the playoff teams. This is the we might go pretty deep into the playoffs teams. Mm-hmm. And while and so for me, it's saying looking at the other three teams in the division, the Green Bay Packers still stand head and shoulders above them as long as Rodgers is there. And as and you compare the other divisions, there's not really another place that needs a quarterback that has three as weak of teams to go against. Heck, you like how I mentioned Denver as a possibility for him. Go against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert twice a year, and probably Derek Carr too. Doesn't exactly sound like an easy way. At that point, I'm pretty sure he didn't sign up to go make the wild card every year. Right? And that's why I leave the Dark Horse team as Indianapolis. There's a possibility they can get with Wentz, all right, with actually having about $16 million in dead cap, but they would still free up some money. They could possibly do it. Rolling along in the ways of it. Jim Ursay with his late-night tweets about demanding a good quarterback, and I could see ownership forcing something crazy there. So uh, there's a possibility of that because at least if you look at like you know the you know the AFC South, yes, the Titans. But at the same time, we'll see what Ryan Tannehill does or doesn't become. The Jaguars, they're they're not in the conversation. And Texans played good for a bad team, but they're not quite there yet either. Tannehill is Tannehill. I'm gonna just tell you. I, like, say, I feel like we know what Tannehill is. Yeah, yeah, the book is out. The book is out on Tannehill. Let's let's like you know, come on. But I leave the respect though, because after what they did with you guys, and uh, when they played toe to toe with you, they're still a good team. So I'm not going to dismiss them. Like I dismissed the Vikings uh, and the Bears and the Lions. All right, it's one of those like no, okay, the Titans are good, but that's probably the only other spot where you might find a, t- a team that needs a quarterback and pl- has like a good enough roster also and has uh, a chance over the rest of the division nah, with but- Aaron Rodgers on it. Now, I'll tell you where what my sleep, and I've said this to you previously. My sleeper yep. for Aaron Rodgers is Washington. Please, I no. think, I think, I know, I know, I know Rick says no because that's the Cowboys. No. But, but when you look at that division, first of all, the Washington football team, did they change their name yet? Do they have a name? Uh, uh, no, they're doing it uh, Groundhog Day. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Good the way I remember anyway. it is 222. So if you remember, uh, you know, some, some two, uh, uh, big number two, then you'll remember Washington's getting a new name. You'll also uh, remember. Well, the- and doo doo, so you know, there's exactly that. Oh, like I said, they're All the right. twos. So the Washington deuces. <laughs> well, the thing for me is when you look at that team, they have a good running game, great running game, actually. They have a good mm-hmm. line, they have good defense, solid defense this year. Actually, it, it, it improved a lot. They have good weapons on, you know, for him as receivers. They have Logan Thomas out there at tight end who's recovering from a torn ACL. But I mean, when he's healthy, the guy is a, is a top seven tight end. Then you got, I mean, th- they have weapons out there. I could yeah. absolutely see him going out there with a good coach in Ron Rivera and saying, you know what, let's let's let's, let's together run. last three, five years of our careers. Let's just go ahead and do this. Yeah. I can absolutely see that because tell me, tell me you wouldn't take Aaron. I'm sorry, Rick. Tell me you wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers led Washington football team over the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make that bet 10 times out of 10. Tell me you wouldn't take him over Dallas. the New Jersey Giants. Come on, man. The Giants. Yeah, I'm making that bet. You know what I'm saying? It's, that division is just as weak, in my opinion. Oh, it is. Well, I do have a counter to that, though. I, there, I don't think we see anything inside the NFC just because if Green Bay doesn't think that if if Green Bay doesn't think that they have to strip down the parts because they have plenty of good young players they have to worry about paying. So even Green Bay, if they take a step down, they're back to the we might make the playoffs team, not the we're definitely in the playoffs and so we'll worry about it from their team. And get, giving Rodgers to Washington basically now makes it even harder to get into the playoffs. So that's the only reason why I don't see them trading Rodgers that direction because that would actually impact them. If they were stripping the team for parts and they were okay with being terrible, 
then yeah, it, it, I would I would understand them having to do that. But that's because of that reason. I don't necessarily see Washington just being able to make it as much as the concept of it would end up working. My dark horse, and and this is gonna I know sound crazy, uh, Carolina. If he's gonna stay in the NFC, the NFC South has become. If Brady retires, that's an open division, and with CMC behind him, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, you know the the weapons that they have on offense in Carolina, it it could be an option for him. Okay, now two things about that. One, um, as much as I would love to hear Tom Brady actually announce that he's retiring, there's just no way I see him retiring without a farewell tour. That's just well, one. Well, because he's Tom Brady. Right. And then but then secondly, that would that would be a good option for Aaron Rodgers. Like just looking at the roster, every single thing that I'm hearing from every like now I, I got friends. So like all my insider friends, everything that I'm hearing is that Carolina is all in on trying to get Deshaun Watson. Like, I mean, when I tell you, like, whatever you thought you knew about Miami last season and whatever you may have heard about any other team. I'm telling you, Carolina is ready to risk it all. Like, like they're ready to risk it all to get Deshaun Watson, regardless of of the this legal. Now, I do, I do know that there are a few reports out there. Some that you know we're gonna get some charges coming within the next couple of weeks. Then you got uh, other reports saying that um, he has 18 of of the allegations kind of figured out to the point where they've come down to some type of agreement, you know, or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with him. I picked him up in the, in our dynasty league, just in case. Cause it's like, Hey, if he's going to be there, he's going to be there. I'm telling you, Carolina is all in like they, they put, they bet everything on it. Counterpoint, Sam Darnold. <laughs> what about him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, because that's, honestly, like, it's one of those, it makes sense, especially considering how they made sure they didn't give up first-round draft capital in order to try and get take their chance with Darnold. Maybe it turned out it worked, but it then turned out it didn't. So they can they still have a lot of the pieces to still be able to make that type of move. Again, I don't think the NFC-NFC thing will end up happening, but uh, that would be a, a good fit, you know, for Rodgers. But Watson, I think, makes more sense, especially because Houston doesn't care if it's a good team or a bad team since, you know, they're far enough down. You're not impeding their progress up. Plus, it's the NFC. I, I'm I'm telling you. I, and, and here's the thing. I, I know a lot of people uh, won't want to hear this, listening to this via pod form or the people in the chat. I, I Honest to God, I think we're going to see Deshaun Watson play football again. You know, with yeah. all of this stuff happening, we're going to see him play football again, and it could be as soon as next season. So, you know, I understand. Look, I think it's ugly. I personally, and I've said it on this show, I've said it on several shows, the guy should should not be able to play football again. He should yeah. be in jail if it's up to me. But listen, the way the way these things work a lot of times for these talented guys and we can go down a list of different type of situations, maybe not as ugly as 22 women coming out to say something, but you can go down a list of guys who now have Hall of Fame careers and who are loved and respected around the league who have had some similar situations. These guys are going to play football. It's ugly, and we need to figure that out to, to, to prevent it, but it is what it is. Okay, let's, now let's move forward because we didn't get into a lot of the things we wanted to get into, and we're, we're – coming up on an hour here. Um, let's talk a little bit about just um, for, from each team. Cause I know bills fans are going to want to be able to, 
um, at least get a little bit of conversation about what I feel like is going to happen during the offseason, what moves we're going to make or what type of um, people we're going to be looking for in free agency or the draft. So uh, real quick, let's kind of get that from from that perspective from you guys as well. Let's start with Bryce about Green Bay. I know we kind of already talked about what Aaron Rodgers may or may not do um, on both sides of it. Where do you feel like so say Aaron stays and say you guys get your cap space figured mm-hmm. out. What's your offseason looking like? Honestly, it's worrying about trying to get best player available. It's trying to get guys that you don't have to worry about a long amount of development time on. You're, For example, there's players in the draft like uh, Jameson Williams and uh, John Mechie, people who are like, hey, they could be a sweet grab. I'm like, well, unfortunately, if this is one of Rodgers' last couple seasons and, you don't, and you're going to give a receiver no offseason to work with Rodgers and he, you're going to expect him to show up in November and be a weapon for him, it's not going to be valid. And but nonetheless, though, the offense does need to address that second wide receiver position. If for no other reason than the fact that Devonte Adams has become such a funnel for all the targets that there are other times where there are other players more open, but you still it's, you feel more confidence in risking, you know, risking and rolling the dice to give it to Devonte. And when it comes to our offensive line, it's just getting healthy and defense. It's really just trying to keep Devontae Campbell or Sewell Douglas. They've been so good for us as these little, like, you know, pick up off these cheap free agent deals that trying to keep them. I mean, heck, Campbell made all pro, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like those, I think, are going to be the big keys for Green Bay trying to move forward as, as many fiscally responsible moves as possible. And to, other thing is, honestly, if we are going to extend Rodgers for any reason, then we would need to move. Uh, we do need to move Jordan Love, to be honest. Because at that point, if we're signing Rodgers for another handful of years, Love is literally just going to be sitting for his entire contract, watching Rodgers play and re-signing the nearly four-year-old guy in front of you to play longer doesn't give you much confidence that you're going to be getting much of a shot to play with the team. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, I agree with you, just based on uh, financials and based on different things, but. I'm going to tell you, um, it it felt good to me. I know we didn't have to use him, thank God, but it felt good to me to have Mr. Biscay on the bench. Mm-hmm. It did. Like, knowing if something were to happen to Josh for a three- or four-game period, okay, I know Mitch isn't our guy. He's not Josh, but he can win, you know, two of the four. He can win three of five, you know, like, mm-hmm. so it feels good to have that guy. And I'm telling you, man, I feel for your fan base. I feel for your franchise because as a Bills fan who's been through – searching after Jim Kelly. Now I, I'm a fan of, um, we had a couple quarterbacks that I was like, okay, I li- like Doug Flutie to me was one of my favorites. I love Doug Flutie. Um, you know, Drew Bledsoe is one of the all time greats. He's, you know, and he had a couple good years in Buffalo where we thought actually one year we should have made the playoffs. I feel like, but that's beside the point. The thing is, We've searched for years. We went through our EJ Manuel. We went through Tyrod Taylor. We went through um, Jeff Tool. We went through um, like I, I can name guys that you're probably like who? Like we went Fitzmagic, through guys like JP Lossman. Well, Fitzmagic, you know, but he had for a, time. a second. He yeah, he earned that little extension, and then after he got it, <laughs> he just completely shit to bed. And it was like Fitz, what are you doing, man? But shout out to Fitz, man. He's he's still a Bills fan, so shout out to Fitz. Hey, he showed up in the the stands shirtless so that was pretty impressive apparently he's more of a fan than i am because i'll be damned if y'all ever see me sitting there in zero degree weather cheering on with no shirt if i'm gonna be out there i'm gonna have the the heat pads that stick to your body you know like the hand warmers i'm gonna have the ones that stick to your body with the with the heated socks i'm gonna I'm be like it's over for me like i i, I got lighters where are we at i got lighters out there yeah. like i'm i'm 
warming my hands up, bro. I don't know what Fitz was doing. He out there just just bare chesting it. It's like, bro. Shout out literally to Fitz. I love Fitz. Did you see how much hair he had on that chest? He was literally bare chest. That's how he stayed warm. And, yeah, that's it. That's it. And, and it's funny. <laughs> all, on Twitter, all the all the bills, um, the the I don't want to just say Bills Mafia Bays, but all the all the women of Buffalo were like drooling over this dude. And I'm like, wait. So I get I get all like I, I shave, I get trimmed up and I'd cut my hair and I'd get braids tight every week and all this stuff. Just for y'all to tell me that the hairy caveman look is it? Okay, we gotta have a discussion, ladies. Like that's just not gonna work for me. <laughs> but yeah, but no, I just just to get back to the point though, I feel like you guys searching for a quarterback, man, is, is a lot more difficult than than what I think you and I know you're not a dumb guy, so I don't mean this in the sense yeah. to come at you or anything. But I just feel like as a fan base, when when a fan base is spoiled, I feel like you guys think it's easy. You know, it's like you went mm-hmm. from Brett Favre, then you drafted, then you drafted Aaron Rodgers, and then really from all signs, everybody thinks Jordan Love could be as good. But it's like you, we really haven't seen it yet. But it's like you you just your franchise just kind of falls into the same thing with Indianapolis for a while there. Like, cause they, they went from Peyton Manning. Then you draft, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew what's Luck. his name? Uh, Andrew Luck. And it's just like, what the hell? And in Buffalo, we're saying, and I was living in Indiana for that time. Like I was in Indianapolis and I'm like, what the, f-? like I literally was so pissed off. Cause it's like, how do we, we keep getting like these guys that just don't cut it. And then you go from freaking Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Like, why can't we get one? So I'm just saying, like, I really hope for your sake that that Aaron Rodgers figures it out and stays for a couple more years because it's not as easy as it sounds. No, it, it's not. But if it does mean cycling him out, I point towards the Baltimore Ravens as the uh, as the inspiration. They've moved on from from players uh, at the right time frames, and they have won. A, they've literally won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. All right, so they didn't even have to necessarily have elite play from just the quarterback. They got it from a lot of other areas. But no, but Joe Flacco balled out in that playoff. And they had like one of the all-time great defenses. Like it was like all-time great. Well, with 46 million cap space, I'm pretty sure we can afford to get a little bit better on defense too. Okay, (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. I'm just saying from from the perspective of of searching for a quarterback, I'm going to just tell you, man, I hope hope it doesn't go the way – it went for us. Like I'm hoping for you guys. Like when well, actually, no, I want y'all to suffer. Screw you guys. <laughs> Screw you guys. Too. Like 30 yeah, no. years of good quarterback. You, you guys can suffer for a little bit on the quarterback play. Okay. Well, you've had, yeah, had 90, 92 to now. So yeah. 30 years of solid. Yeah. So actually I take all that back. Screw you guys. Screw you guys. <laughs> okay. Dallas. What were we at with Dallas in the off season? <laughs> uh, I mean, we're, we're in cap hell. Like I said, we're $25 million over the cap and, We've got to figure out how to get under. We've got 22 free agents, most of them on uh, defense. And, yeah, we drafted, like I said, 9 out of 11 players last year on defense, so that helps. But we've got some key p- pieces that are going to be leaving us. Uh, I'm almost certain that Dan Campbell, even though it might be a little bit premature, is probably going to end up with another head, co- uh, head coaching job this year. So... You know, we're going to be out a defensive coordinator again. It sounds like Kellen Moore is going to be staying around, which I have mixed emotions on. So we'll see. But ultimately, it's going to come down to we need to improve uh, on the uh, the offensive line and, and really re-sign the, the defensive key players that we need in order to, to improve. Um, it, it's going to be a tough season. So we'll, we'll see what they do. And I, I'm hoping for the best, but again, 
I have my reservations about Mike McCarthy, and I've been pretty vocal to you guys about that since the get-go. So uh, I, yeah. I honestly think that if he does not do it this year, I will say in, if he does not get deep, and I mean deep into the playoffs in 2023, he's done. And I think Jerry will go after Sean Payton. I hope he does not end up doing a a, a Bucks type trade for John Gruden back in the day where they gave up two first round and two second round picks because I think that's a bit expensive. But ultimately, I think if, if Mike McCarthy does not get us to at least the NFC Championship game next year, he's gone. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what he does and what kind of accountability he brings back to it. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I guess for me, um, I'm a little bit more of a Mike McCarthy fan than you. And and by fan, I don't mean that I like him and I want him to be the coach of my team ever. I love Sean McDermott. <laughs> like, you know, so I, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is when when you guys got him, you weren't a fan. You were like, man, screw this guy. He's horrible. And I'm like, yo, give him a shot. And then like the fact that last year you didn't have your quarterback, you improved dramatically with Dak Prescott. Yeah. I don't think it's the, and I know, I know he doesn't take accountability and I know how the year ended. It was ugly. I'm telling you, if you guys, it's not, you're not far. You're not far. You had a great draft last year. First of all, that rookie, the, the, uh, the, oh my God. Oh my God, dude. Like if Buffalo could draft one of those guys, they just announced, give me a defensive, they announced what? He, uh, he won, he's winning defensive, uh, rookie of the year. I mean, if he didn't, I, I would, would, I, would amend, I would amend my Jordan Poyer for all pro we riot and we would turn it into Parsons for rookie of the year or we riot. Like if it, if that didn't happen, like it, it, there's nobody in the league as a rookie. Now, I, no, there just isn't. There just isn't. So, no, that guy's incredible. Give me a defensive end that can that can play safety, that can play linebacker, that can play cornerback. Like literally, he did. I, I think I sent you something earlier in the year where it broke down like all the areas that he took snaps from. Yeah. What? Yeah. Give me a guy like that on Buffalo to put in Sean McDermott's defense. Oh, to go along, play with, end and safety. To go along with your existing safety combo. No, I don't yes. want to give you that. I don't want to give Do you that. that. <laughs> give me that. I need that in Buffalo. Now, I will say, so first, I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight. Um, we're going to do this again over the summer because we we often talk, obviously, draft stuff. We talk uh, fantasy football. We talk a bunch of different things. So we were supposed to kind of lean into that stuff now, but it's so easy to talk to you guys that we're already over an hour. So I'm not going to uh, keep you longer than that. But what I will say is, first, I want to thank you both for coming on. I appreciate both of you for everything that you've done for me throughout the year. And, and now we got plans coming up. So we got a lot. Com- this year is going to be even better. So I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Um, why don't you both like let's start with Bryce. Let everybody know where they can find you. Um, you already kind of told them where your content is, but go ahead and do it again. And uh, and then we'll, we'll head over on Rick. Yeah, sure thing. Um, like I said, I, I got uh, some more writing that's going to be coming up. Um, I'm actually doing some of those kind of our conversation here involving the uh, the cap pits for guys and seeing the effects that we might be finding people moving, shaking, surprise cuts along the way. Um, that should be dropping in about a week and a half. Um, that's going to be over there at uh, FF Faceoff. Um, like I said, I've done a couple Debbie videos now for Triple Play Fantasy, and uh, we'll see a couple other things I have going on in the works uh, at some point later in the year. Dynasty owner, shout out Dynasty owner, or one of our ones for our Dynasty League. I've been helping, uh, you know, I've been helping uh, kind of like doing some pieces with uh, their their rebuild guy, Jay Pounds. Um, and so those are a few places that end up reaching me. Worst case scenario, you can always reach me, Bryce NFL on Twitter. 
Okay. All right. Rick, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah. So I'm at Ram Husky seven on pretty much every social media there is, including PSN. So if you want to catch an L on Madden, yeah. let me know. You don't want them problems, man. You don't want to, well, no, you know, let me ask you this because I haven't been on for a while. Do they, um, so if I have a PS4 and I'm playing Madden, can I still play you online with your PS5 or? I believe the cross compatibility still works. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, okay. we might have to do that. I might have to give you some work on that. Well, you can, you can catch the L. It's okay. Don't worry. But uh, yeah, Ram Husky 7 on pretty much all social media. I'm going to, like James said at the beginning of the show, I'm going to be helping him with some of the, the social media and the marketing for this season coming up. And then, uh, you know, the three of us are going to be in, in Buffalo next year for that Packers game, hopefully. But I will mm-hmm. say if it's in December or January, I need Bill's mafia to really help me fatten up. So I stay warm for that because as you guys can tell, I'm a skinny guy. I don't have body fat. So help me. Oh, out. We're going to feed you. I'm going to just tell you when y'all come to Buffalo, it's, <laughs> whether it's, whether it's September or, or December, I'm going to tell you right now what's going to happen. You eating pizza and a lot of it. Our pizza is completely different than anywhere else in the world. It's 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 a sweet sauce. The bread is a little bit thicker, and we got pepperonis that that has a cup, and they're like, oh, and the grease just sits right in the cup, and then the cheese is thicker, and it's just okay. So you gonna get that wings? You gonna have wings every day we're there. So regard like I don't know what the trip. Depending on what's going on, like last time for the opener, I was there for like a week and change because I went for uh, Jordan Poyer's premiere and then I was there for a few other things. So if we're there for like five, six days, you're eating wings for five, six days. And I can promise you, you won't get sick of them for five, six days. Like that's a guarantee. That's a guarantee. And matter of fact, we're going to have to we gonna have to make our rounds. There's going to be places like s- different places you're going to try as far as wings. It's not just going to be one spot. Cause that's how good Buffalo is. Buffalo has it like that. I'm gonna get you down to gyms. I'm gonna get you a steak sub that you ain't never had before. We're gonna get you. It's, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So, I'm looking forward to it. You know, the goal this year is to gain. So, yeah, you've been gaining. You've been you've been doing your thing, man. I gotta get in the gym with you. I, I, I'm picking up a little bit of that weight again. I gotta I gotta relax. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta food, man. It's food and cookies. I love cookies. It, it, sneaks, shame, up, man. it sneaks up on you. Yeah, yeah. So now the season's over, I can kind of get back into a regular diet and and not have my grief food when the bills don't do <laughs> don't do right. Well, so, actually, hold on, Spence. Before before we uh, we wrap this up, somebody mentioned that they need vengeance for for the '90s uh, between our Cowboys, between my Cowboys and your Bills. I I got asked this question earlier, and I I want to present it to you. The the two losses to KC this year. Is that equal to wide right and wide left of the 90s? So I've seen Twitter posts, you know, that is anybody, any Bills fan under 30, that's their wide left or wide right. What are your See, thoughts? I've, I've seen that. I've seen a lot of people say, like, the 13 seconds game is now, like, up there. And to me, I, I don't look at it that way. I look at the season as a successful season. And even though we lost this game, I look at that game as, a, I don't know what that noise is. Can somebody mute that? Whatever that is, it's like a ping. Um, yeah, I got you. my bad. Um, I, I don't, so to me, I look at it like it's a, it's a success. It doesn't compare for me for a couple of reasons. One, I feel like it wasn't the Super Bowl, so it doesn't compare. But then two, after we're talking about that, when I, when I, when I look at that game, like I said, at the top of the show, to me, the game shows me now every wide receiver that's going into free agency, they're going to think about Josh Allen first or second. 
So like, whereas before you were getting like, you remember when like um, everybody was signing with Kansas City? It was like, wait, they signed mm-hmm. him too? What the hell? Guess what, Bills fans? Now that's coming. It's coming now. When guys were going to Tampa Bay because Tom Brady was there and it's like, holy smokes, why did they sign? Guess what? Now everybody saw this level of performance from Josh Allen. Everybody saw this level of leadership from Josh Allen, this intensity. Guys want to play with people like that. I already know that Josh Allen is going to bring a Lombardi to the city. Now I feel even more confident about it because I know guys are going to want to play with him. So, so for me, like, I understand, like everybody's going through these five stages of grief. Like this is, this is where they are. Everybody's right here. They're in anger, denial, they're bargaining. That's what they're doing right now with that. They're bargaining. Well, this is worse than why. No, it wasn't. It wasn't because that was the Super Bowl and, and everybody wanted to win that Super Bowl. And we all feel like we should have won the Super Bowl. And so it's not the same. This, we feel like we should have won, but I look at this game as sometimes, and I didn't say this publicly because I didn't feel like getting yelled at on Twitter, but sometimes, you know, you just, you, you take one for the game. And, and what I mean by that is the rules are set up. Like literally when you go to overtime, the first team that scores a touchdown wins. <laughs> That's the rule. So it's it, mm-hmm. like the way the game is set up, it was set up for, Whoever scores first, if it's a touchdown, wins. If if we got the ball back and we played defense and got the ball back, okay, we could win with a field goal. But that didn't happen. So for me, I'm not – yeah, I'm heartbroken as far as the season ending a little bit earlier than I anticipated. But, no, man, I'm looking forward to I, – I, I wish it was September already. Like, th- that's how I feel. I'm amped up. After seeing Josh Allen throw that touchdown with 13 seconds left, and then you you rewind it a minute and a half earlier than that, and you you look at the other touchdown that he threw to Gabriel Davis with like a minute and a half or two minutes left, I, dude. D- Josh Allen in the playoffs threw nine touchdowns, no interceptions, in the playoffs. And uh, what he had like what fourteen incompletions? It was something ridiculous. Yeah. So it's like when 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 I see this level of play from my quarterback now, now I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay bring on the next season and bring on whatever whatever uh free agent wide receiver that wants to come in and take the minimum to come and play with Josh Allen cuz he's towards the end of his career or the middle of his career and he's already gotten the bag. Uh bring in the running back that got sick of playing for bring in Alvin Kamara who who's probably going to want to get out of New Orleans. Let's make that trade. Do that. Like like let's let's figure out that's where I'm at. So I'm already amped and I know there's a lot of people that's still sad so I didn't want to rain on Nate. Like go ahead and greet but where I'm at now, like for real, like let's bring 2022 season. Let's bring this shit, like bring it right now. I'm ready for it right now. And I'm going to tell you what my campaign for the summer is going to be all year. I've been doing like during the season has been poor for all pro we riot. I want to upgrade my iMac. I need them to extend Isaiah McKenzie. That's where it is. now is upgrade my iMac all summer or all, until free agency hits upgrade my iMac. I don't need them on special teams. Upgrade him the right way. Make him a wide receiver for this damn team. Put him in there. Put him in the slot. Put him in the back. Do, do the Debo Samuel thing with him. Right. Do the Tariq Hill thing with him. He's fast. Upgrade my iMac. That's where I'm at for the rest of this year until free agency is up. And I need Isaiah McKenzie to be a key part of this team. That's where I'm at. I'm amped. I'm sorry. This just went from here to here because you just asked me. But it's not what, bro, I'm going to tell you, I am so damn ready for this next I'm so ready for this season. 
I'm so ready for the season. And I, I'm going to end it on that. Y'all know how we do it over here. It's your boy, Jay Spitzer King with Buffalo Rumless Podcast Network. Listen, this is the last time I'm going to say this for the season, not for the year, because I'm going to be back real quick. I'm just taking a small break. But y'all love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative, oh, go Bills. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Left a stupid ass comment. And I just want to say, yo, you need to relax. I know, I know he ain't Debo Samuel. I'm not saying he's Debo Samuel, but don't come on here and try to hate on my guys. My guy Isaiah McKenzie is that dude when he's in the offense. And if you go and ask Patriots fans, they're gonna cry them them salty ass tears to you and tell you how he ached them for a hundred plus yards the last couple weeks of the season and how he he made them understand that the Buffalo Bills is a whole lot deeper than Stefan Diggs and all these other boys. Okay, y'all gonna put some respect on my man Isaiah McKenzie. We're gonna upgrade my iMac this year. You got me. You got me messed up, bro. Get on out of here. Oh, some whoa. Calm down, man. Take care of each other. Love each other. Live in peace. And as always, stay positive. Test negative. Go Bills. (laughs) 